You're listening to Be- Hello, and welcome to the 1982 show on Best Frequencies Forever, BFF.FM. I'm your host, Phil Ventura, and that was To Ellen by Eilis in Gaza. Eilis in Gaza was, or is, I'm not sure if they're still operable, they're an English musical duo of Martin Bates and Peter Becker. Becker was a laboratory technician and had played in covers bands before buying and experimenting with a Wasp synthesizer. He released solo cassette albums in 1980 and 81. Bates was a hospital worker, had been in a very early lineup of the quote-unquote unclassifiable band Reluctant Stereotypes, and he released a cassette of experimental electronic music in 1980. Bates and Becker met after having both been turned down for the band Braun Area, and they formed Eyeless and Gaza, both contributing vocals and several instruments. The band is named after a novel by Aldous Huxley. After a self-released single, Kodak Ghosts Run Amok, they signed to Cherry Red Records and released their debut album, Photographs as Memories, in 1981. They became known for their unconventional instrumentation and arrangements, and for Bates' passionate vocals. Though they both had day jobs, they were extremely prolific. In 81 alone, they released two full-length albums, one with a bonus EP, as well as two standalone singles. In 1982, they released their third album, Pale Hands I Loved So Well. It is very experimental, improvisational. Uh, not a lot of words on it. There's vocals, but uh, not a lot of lyrics. Very ambient at times. Uh, a lot of different instrumentation. And To Ellen, which we just heard, is from that album. And I'd like to play you a number of other tracks. Because I think it's a really great album. And we're going to start off with Tall and White Nettles. Thank you. 
That was The Very Mournful Letter to She by Eilis and Gaza. Before that, Lies of Love, Warm Breath, Soft and Slow, Falling Leaf slash Fading Flower, Goodbye to Summer, Sheer Cliffs, and it all started off with Tall and White Nettles. I feel I should tell you that someone in this building or in the vicinity is cooking or eating barbecue. I don't know who eats barbecue at 8.30 in the morning, but it smells really good. It's rather rude. Uh, but moving on back to Eilis and Gaza, they continued their prolific run throughout 1982. They didn't just release Pale Hands I Love So Well. No, they had a couple other things going on too. They had a collaborative split EP with British jazz saxophonist Lowell Coxhill. His first name is spelled LOL. Um, and his side of that EP is actually really cool, and I would love to play that for you on a future episode, but we're focused on Islets in Gaza right now. And their side, I believe, was just called Untitled. Um, it continued on in the mode of the music from Pale Hands I Love So Well, more on the ambient end of things more experimental so i'm going to play a few tracks from that split ep beginning with crepe paper heart
That was Eyeless in Gaza with Before December. Before that, we had For Edward and Crepe Paper Heart, all from their split EP with Lowell Coxhill, Untitled slash Home Produce. Now, that same year, they also released their fourth album, Drumming the Beating Heart. It's a bit of a departure style-wise from what they'd done before. Much more accessible. Um, the structure of the songs is a lot more pop. A lot of vocals. <laughs> uh, very dramatic vocals. It's not so much to my taste as their other work, but I wanted to play you just a couple tracks just to give you an idea of the range of work they were doing. So here's just two tracks from Drumming the Beating Heart by Eyeless and Gaza, beginning with Throw a Shadow. Yeah. 
That was At Arm's Length by Eilis and Gaza. Before that, Throw a Shadow, both from their album Drumming the Beating Heart. There is a theme to today's program. It's a group of artists. I wouldn't call them unclassifiable because any freaky person can use the most obscure terms to try to pinpoint what people are doing. But I would say each of the artists I'm playing today were following unique paths. They weren't completely outside of what other people were doing, but the way they were doing it was unusual. Let's say that. That brings us to our next artist, Claire Obscure. They're a French cold wave band. Now, the information I could find on them was simply from a pretty cryptic um, artist page as well as a French Wikipedia page. My French comprehension is not at its best, so... If it sounds a bit confused, it's because I was. But basically, they are a band that was founded in Creil in 1981 by Thierry Damerval, some guy simply called Christophe, and Nicolas or Nicola Demarth. Um, they included elements of avant-garde, industrial, uh, classic orchestration, and pop rock. Apparently they had a strong visual element to their work, including a lot of like kind of performance art uh, incorporated into their live performances, like recreating a domestic scene on stage or uh, a fake TV game show. Um, and they played in a number of venues from typical concert venues to galleries to what have you. Um, there's a range of musical styles on their debut album, which came out in 1982 called La Cassette Noire. It was self-released, and I'd like to play some tracks from that now, beginning with the track KG.
That was Pessimiste Combatif by Claire Obscure. Before that, Bloom, The Last Encounter, and KG, all from their debut album, La Cassette Noire. If you're just joining us, this is the 1982 show on BFF.FM. And since it's the midway point in our program, it is the time when I shamelessly plead for your donations for Best Frequencies Forever. Let's talk a bit about how that might go down. You could, of course, always go to bff.fm slash donate. Pay any amount that you like. Even the smallest is helpful, I assure you. You can donate just in general, or uh, you can particularly donate to a program such as the 1982 show. Always greatly appreciated. I'll take you out for a drink. Um, but also, there's this thing going on right now called the Sustainer Drive, and you can become a bestie. It's like a monthly donation of $10 or more, and there's all kinds of perks. Like, for instance, you get some free swag, like pins, t-shirts, bags. I have seen some of these things. They are pretty freaking cute and desirable. I want them. Um, but also, you get invited to our monthly Bestie Bash, a concert series curated by us along with Father Daughter Records and Take Care Tapes. It happens here at the Secret Alley on the third Saturday of every month, starting this month. So become a Bestie. Just go to bff.fm slash summer sustainer and make a pledge. You can also text BFF to 501-55 to donate on your mobile device. We're making it as easy as we can for you. This is a nonprofit station with volunteer DJs. I'm not paid to be here. I do it for the love. Anyways, back to the music and more Claire Obscure because I think they're pretty freaking cool. So a few more tracks from their debut album, La Cassette Noire, beginning with Creek's Opera. Hey! Hot 
That was Hibernation by Claire Obscure. Before that, Vivant, Rival Dub, and Krieg's Opera, all from their debut album, La Cassette Noire. Next up is the Derudi Column. In 1978, Tony Wilson and Alan Erasmus, who would later be partners in Factory Records, assembled a band around the remnants of Fast Breeder. The name the Derudi Column was derived from a misspelling of Derudi Column, an anarchist military unit in the Spanish Civil War. They soon recruited Vinnie Riley, who was a former guitarist for punk band Ed Banger and the Nosebleeds, as well as a number of other artists, Um, but the lineup would change and Vinnie eventually became the center of the Derudi Column. It was kind of his project. So they played at the Factory Club and released tracks on a compilation featuring Joy Division, John Dowie, and Capri Voltaire. They broke up before recording their debut album, and that at, was at that point that it became Riley's solo project. In 1980, his debut album, The Return of the Derudi Column, was released. The record featured a sandpaper sleeve and contained nine gentle guitar instrumentals including elements of jazz, folk, classical music, and rock. In 1981, he released L.C. Lada Continua, which included percussionist Bruce Mitchell, his most frequent musical partner in the years to come. It was recorded on a four-track cassette deck at home. In 1982, he had a couple of releases, including the EP Du Triangles, which had three instrumentals with piano emphasized over guitar. I'd like to play you this EP. I think it's very lovely. Beginning with the track, Favorite Painting.
That was Peace for Out-of-Tune Grand Piano by the Derudi Column. Before that, Zinni and Favorite Painting, all from their EP, Do Triangles. Now, Vinnie Riley, the artist behind the Derudi Column, was shocked at first to hear that anyone would want to publish his work. Um, <laughs> there's certainly were a number of other artists incorporating the classical and the avant-garde, but I think his, hmm, how can I put this? He seemed to have no consideration for rules or expectations, so he kind of has a very unique sound even within that genre. But I want to pay, play for you, he also released in 82 the four patty single it was originally supposed to be included on limited editions of do triangles and it's more in line with some of the other work he had done prior to that it's guitar based um so let's listen to just a few tracks from that beginning with weakness and fever 
stations de sport d'hiver. That was the Derudi column with For Patty, Before That, Weakness and Fever. I'd like to move on now to the artist Virginia Astley. She was the daughter of composer Edwin Astley, who had created the theme music for The Saint and Danger Man. She began playing piano at age six and flute at 14. She eventually enrolled in the Guildhall School of Music in London, where she was exposed to the post-punk scene. She soon joined pop outfit Victims of Pleasure on keyboards. At that time, she got noticed by Belgian label Les Disques du Crépuscule and became Carter of an ensemble, The Dreammakers, with filmmaker Jean-Paul Goud. She began to seriously consider writing and releasing her own material and signed to Wi-Fi in 1981. Fellow Wi-Fi artist Troy Tate asked her to join psychedelic pop group The Teardrop Explodes on tour, so she formed the group The Ravishing Beauties to open for them. The Ravishing Beauties recorded a Peel session, but soon parted ways. So in 1982, Virginia Astley released Abao Aku, her debut EP. The title is taken from The Book of Imaginary Beings by Jorge Luis Borges and refers to a legendary animal taken from Indian folklore. I think it is an exquisite work. It is one of my favorite releases of 1982. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. We're going to begin by listening to We Will Meet Them Again.
That was Sanctus by Virginia Astley. Before that, Angels Crying, Arctic Death, and We Will Meet Them Again. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the 1982 show on BFF.FM. I'd like to leave you with one more track by Virginia Astley. Her single, Love's a Lonely Place to Be.